We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Amen. I am I'm super excited. Look, I, I, you see we have communion up here. We're going to take communion in just a bit. I fully intend on not preaching very long. I have just a few, a few stories that I want to share from the Scripture today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, we're going to be uh, Mark chapter 10. Put your finger there, and we're going to go over to uh, John chapter 5. John chapter 5, Mark 10, John chapter 5. Look, you can, you can from, from here on out, you can refer to me as Pastor Poppy, okay? Pastor Poppy. We have a beautiful granddaughter, uh, Eleanor Leslie, and she was born on Friday morning or Friday at 1224. She weighed 7 pounds, 8 ounces, and 19 inches long, and her hair is red. Yep. Yep, we are super excited, super blessed. Susan's not here this morning. She left out and went back to Fayetteville this morning, and uh, I don't blame her. I don't blame her a bit. All right, look, I've got, we're starting in the, in, in, in the summer series last, uh, not last week, last week was Father's Day, so it was the week before we started the summer series on radical testimonies of change. Radical testimonies of change. We, we dealt with uh, discipleship and following Christ last uh, on, the first, on that first part of the series. Today, I want to talk about something. This is, uh, this is something that I am fully believing this morning that God has your number today. He has your number today, this morning. And when I say that, I mean that in a good way. How many of you like to be, I just like to be touched by God? How many of you know that God can move heaven and earth just for you, just for you? And he has done that today. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine appointment. You are listening. You're watching online by divine appointment. How many of you had a bad week? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand at all. I'm just asking the question. Did you have a bad week? Have you had a bad couple of weeks? I don't know how that fits you this morning, but God's got something I believe. I know he's got something for you today. But you're in the right place at the right time to receive the right message for your situation today. Radical change Radical change, radical change. If you have your Bibles, are you there? Mark chapter 10. We're going to start reading in verse 46. Verse 46. We're going to talk about healing this morning. Healing. Healing. Mark chapter 6. Thank you. Or chapter 10, verse 46. Begin reading there. We're going to read Mark 
and then we'll wait and get to John in just a bit. We're going to read uh, the rest of the chapter here, 46 through 52. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say, oh, me. Okay, hurry up. Amen. Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. We're going to call him Blind Bart today. It says, they came to Jericho, as they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Anybody ever said that? Oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he said, and many rebuked him, telling him to be quiet. How many of you like to be shushed? Nobody likes to be shushed. We, we were in a, um, um, this is a short story, little story, right? We were in a, in a conference a while back and uh, ran into an old missionary friend that we hadn't seen in years, and we were com- conversing in the back of the church, in the back away from everybody, and there was this woman that was just right in front of us. She turned around and just as loud as I was talking said, Flesh wanted to come up. Nobody likes to be shushed. But blind Bart, he's in a situation right here. He is crying out because he knows that Jesus is close by. (laughs) How many of you know when Jesus is close, ain't nobody going to shut you up? But they did. They began to shush him, rebuke him. But he cried out all the more. That's, that would have been me. That was me at that conference. I just talked even louder. No, I didn't. But he cried out all the more, and he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. This is a blind guy the blind guy. He was led to the gate every day, depending on somebody to take him by the hand and place him in the place that he needed to be every single day. And it says, take heart, get up. He is calling you and throwing off his cloak. Can you imagine? I mean, just throwing it off. Maybe the only possession that he had, throwing it off and leaping to his feet He says he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Don't you just love the questions of Jesus? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go on your way. (laughs) Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way, followed Jesus on his way out of Jericho. Father, today, I pray you would anoint this message today. Anoint me as your, as your voice this morning. Lord, allow me to step out of the way and allow you to step in. Let every word that comes from my lips, let it be from you. Open our hearts, our minds to hear and to comprehend 
to apply what you have for us today. We know, God, that we are here by divine appointment, that we would not leave the same, but we leave changed. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. Healing, healing. Blind Bart was in a conundrum. He was in a mess. He was blind. doesn't say how long he was blind, but in doing some study this, this, this last week or I wasn't even I wasn't even going to preach this morning. Pastor McKenzie was going to preach, and but I I had already been studying, had this in place. But in finding out that blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. And studies show if you go back far enough, it actually some theologians, some scholars believe that that he was actually a son of a blind man as well that his father was also blind. Now, this is not, I mean, we, this is just what theologians have come up with. This is, you can't, you can't definitely or, def, you know, there, I can't find that in this text, but studies show that from people that are a lot smarter than me that he was possibly the son of a blind man. Which makes this, this, this case even worse, the case for his healing even worse, but it also makes it more wonderful. It also makes the situation or his, his situation that much more miraculous. I want you to tune in to, to what the Lord has for you today. Don't tune out. Don't, don't start thinking about anything about where you're going to lunch today or, or what you're going to do for lunch or I want you to think about what God has for you today. Here we have Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, blind Bart, he is blind. He is sitting there, and he calls out to Jesus because he knows Jesus is passing by. Knowing what he needs, knowing what he desires, knowing what he wants more than anything in his life is to be healed, is to be able to see now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, that's what I would want. I would want, I mean, he was there pleading and begging every single day. In the study of Matthew, what Matthew Henry had put together, he, he put these words together. He said, let the guilty, the empty, the tempted, the hungry, the naked be of good comfort, for he caused them to be pardoned to be supplied, to be given aid, to be filled, to be clothed, and to have all that done for them which their case calls for. It's not just a physical healing that I want to talk about today. It's not just something that, well, I was lame, but now I can walk. I mean, those are great and awesome miracles that we read about and that we know about, the dead coming back to life, walking on water, all these things. But maybe there's a situation in your life or in your family's life that you're being healed of a trauma or you've been healed of a trauma. Maybe you had a bad childhood growing up. Verse 52 records that once, once that uh, blind Bart was healed, that he immediately began to follow Jesus. 
And he no longer needed help. He no longer needed somebody to take him by the hand. One of the greatest miracles that we all experience is being forgiven of our sins. That's a healing within itself. That we no longer need the, 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 the help or the, the, the assistance of, any, of trying to understand or, or know who Christ is. We know him because he lives within us. Blind Bart threw off his cloak because he knew that the miracle he needed was in front of him. He knew that Jesus was the man. He knew that he was the Messiah. He knew that he was the miracle-making, miracle-happening God. All he needed was to just get to him. How many of you know that even when you're in need of a miracle, that the world around you will try to, to overpower your desire, overpower the thoughts, overpower your own words? They're going to try everything within the power of the world to distract you. Bart knew what he needed. He cried out to Jesus. He cried out to him, and yet the world around them began to say, Shh, be quiet. This is him. You have no business screaming out, crying out to him. You just need to be quiet and sit there in your place. You see, the world will want to tell you, you don't need to cry out. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to let the world know what you need or what you desire or what you have to have from God. They're going to want you to be quiet. But Jesus has a plan for you today. His anointing is in this place. His power is in this place. His presence is walking by this very moment. How many of you need a touch from God today? Whether physical, whether mental, whether it's spiritual, we need the presence of Christ and God in our lives. Every single day. How many of you know that we need, sometimes we need the Spirit of God to. Right? To be quiet. Sometimes we need the Spirit of God to stop us from the Spirit of slap. Say it one more time. See what happens. The Spirit of slap will come all over me. See, some of us, we think that because of a healing physically, that that's all we need. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying physical healing. I believe in physical healing. I have seen it with my own eyes. I am a product of physical healing. But sometimes there is something else in need. There's a deeper tragedy deeper feelings. You see, if we are to model Christ, if we are to model our search of healing after the way of Barnabas interacted and the way he interacted with Jesus, then we have to be ready at all costs. We have to be ready for that very moment when Bart knew that Jesus was, was coming. And even after he cried out to him and the, and the world was telling him to be quiet, he said, come to me. 
And Bart got up. It says he threw off his cloak and he sprang up. He was so excited. It wasn't that, well, just let me take this and fold it up nice and neat and set it here and and I'll get up. No, when Jesus calls to you, you're not going to sit back and take your long little sweet time to get to the presence. You're going to run to him. You're going to spring into action. You're going to jump at every moment that you can get to get to the feet of Jesus. Now, this is not like the woman with the issue of blood where she pressed through the crowd. She was pressing through to get to him. We talked about this last week. She was pressing through the crowd. Jesus was on a mission to get to Jairus' daughter. And she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. But today, we're talking about blind Bart. We're talking about a healing. Are we willing to risk? If the world's telling us to be quiet, are we willing to risk the world's words after we spring up, after we run to Jesus? We all know that the world was going to say, well, you didn't receive your healing. That was just, you just had feelings. You just, you were just going through the emotions. You were just doing what the preacher said. You were just going off the, off the doodads you had on your arms and up the back of your neck. You just, you just playing off the emotions. No. Blind Bart knew he had already heard of Jesus. How many of us have heard of Jesus today? Have you heard of the power and the anointing of Jesus You've heard of the anointing of Jesus. Are you willing to risk it all in spite of what the world will say? In spite of the world? See, the world's not going to get you to heaven. The world's not going to help you get closer. The world's not going to help you to get the experience or the encounter that you need. You see, it's all on you. It's all on us to, to, to lay it all down, to risk everything, to risk the being out of our comfort zone, to, being, to risk the, the comfortableness of our own little circle and allow the power of God to be real to us in that moment because of what we need. Because of what we need. Maybe you have a story of healing. Maybe it's not physical healing, but maybe, maybe it's you've been healed from trauma, past experiences, hard childhoods, maybe being raised in a bad, in a bad home life and, and determining today that you're going to risk everything. You're going to raise your own kids in, in the care and safety that you didn't have. Maybe it's being healed of severe brokenness. We all have stories. We all have different stories, and God has moved in your life and and brought healing and restoration back into your life. But how did we know? When did we know that Jesus offered the healing? How did we know that we had been healed? What risks were involved in the seeking of our healing? Was the risk worth it? If you have been touched, if you have been healed by God in some way of your in your life, in your story, I believe you would answer every you would have an answer for every one of those questions. And for the last one, when that when I asked, was it worth it? I believe we would say, yes, it was. 
we would say, yes, it was worth it. It was worth the, 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 the assumption that the world was going to say something against me. It was worth it the world was going to look at me differently and, and was going to think that I was some supernatural, holy roller type person. And that doesn't matter to me. They already think we're crazy by coming to church. They already think we're crazy because we go to a, an Assembly of God church. But in the church, whether what name it is above the door, it doesn't matter. When you call yourself a Christian, you are already looked at as different and strange. But when you show up to work and you're different, when you show up to a family reunion and there's something different about you, there's, there's joy, there's peace, there's happiness. When there wasn't, they begin to ask questions. What, did, what happened to you? What, what changed in you? Doors fling wide open. Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Let me tell you a story about blind Bart in the Scripture. Or we can go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I'm not going to read all of it, but verses 1 through 15. It's a story that we know very well. The healing at the pool. And there was a feast. And, uh, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofs, colonnades, five porches. Skip on down to verse five. It says, One man was there who had been there, being an invalid. For 38 years. 38 years. He'd been miserable. He'd been, he'd been lame. 38 years. And when Jesus saw him laying there, and he knew that he had been there for a long time, and he asked him a question. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to have joy? Do you want to experience the goodness and the greatness of God. Do you want to be healed? Is that a hard question to answer? I look back here and I see Perch. He shouldn't be here. If you don't know his story, he will tell it to you. He shouldn't be here. God moved 
upon his life. We have a blind, we have a lame man at the pool. I love this story. I love it. Been there 38 years. What's crazy about this, Jesus knew about this pool. He knew that everybody there needed a miracle. We're not going to go into the depths of, of what it means, what the pool and, and believe. They, you know, they believed that when the waters would bubble, that if they could get to the water, they would be healed. We're not going to dig into any of that, but I guarantee you when that man that had been there 38 years, when he went to the pool for the first time, his intentions were not to be there for very long. Right? I mean, he went to the place to be healed. But after 38 years, the story says that, do you want to be healed? Well, yeah, I want to be healed. He began to make excuses because, well, when the waters were troubled, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there fast enough. There was always somebody ahead of me. There was always somebody that was getting into the water before me. So, needless to say, for 38 years, he just succumbed to the lack of help or desire. I'm just not going to get my healing. Have you been there? Have you been there? Have you been in that place where you think everybody else is getting healed, everybody else is, is, is receiving answered prayers, but yet here I am. Lord, I, I've been here every day. I've been here every time the doors were open. I've been at church. I read my Bible. I go through the motion, the emotions. I go through all of the motions. We can go through all the motions and lose our desire. We can lose our desire. We can lose the feelings that got us here in the first place. Because we all know when we got saved, when we, were, when we, when we gave our heart and life to God, we were excited, right? We were excited. Jesus is the Lord of my life. He saved me. There were probably some tears that were shed at an altar where you gave your life to Christ. I've been faithful. I got into a routine. I read my Bible. I do everything according to your scripture, but I've lost my desire. We could go into the Ten Commandments, have no other gods before me, but how many times do we put things before God? I'm going to do this instead of praying. I'm going to do this instead of reading my Bible. I'm going to do this instead of going to church. I'm going to do this instead of, see the placement priority? But when we get in a situation where we need healing, we throw that in the face of God. The man said, I try, but there's always somebody that'll get there for me. 
I want it. Just never happens for me. I need it. But they always beat me to the point. They always beat me to the pool. But Jesus didn't want to hear the excuses. You see, Jesus came just for him. Isn't that the crazy part of the story? I mean, Jesus is walking through around this pool, around all these porches, and he's stepping over, over people, over bodies, just to get to the man that's over there, knowing that the people that he's crossing is needing healing as well. But this man had gotten to the point where he lost all desire, all hope, but Jesus was on a mission. Now, I can't, I can't explain all of that, why every, you know, just the shadow of some of the disciples brought healing to those, but why today that when Jesus would step over the bodies that they didn't get healed as, as well? I don't know. It might have happened, but he was on mission to get to that man because he felt hopeless. He felt like he was lost, and he had lost all desire. What the man didn't understand was, I'm here for you. Do you want to be well? Yeah, I want to be well. I want to be made whole. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be whole today? Do you want what God has for you? Maybe, not maybe. God's here for you today. His presence is here for you today. Our musicians are making their way back to the platform this morning. He is passing by you right now. Blind Bart threw off his cloak and leaped to his feet, sprung into position, sprung into action this is my chance. This is my opportunity. This is the moment I've been waiting for my entire life. You can see the difference in the stories. Blind Bart, he sprung into action, but the lame man at the pool began to make excuses. Yeah, I want to be whole, but every time, not knowing who Jesus was, he began to make excuses. But you know who Jesus is. You know who he is. You know him. You cry out to him. You cry out to him and say, God, help me in my situation. All of these questions that Jesus has and asks. Listening to a preacher this week, I never heard this. But he referred to, he, he mentioned this, that in the Gospels, Jesus asked 308 questions. People in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels alone, asked 183 questions. And of the 183 questions, Jesus only answered eight of them. 
He only answered eight. If we look at the life of Christ, the very first words that we hear from him as a teenager was, why was you looking for me? He's asking his parents. They had left Jesus behind. They left God behind. And after realizing a couple of days later, they got to go back to town. Oh, them kids. Anybody ever been left anywhere as a child? I see some hands. Scarred you for life, didn't it? Jesus asked his parents as a child, why are you looking for me? The very first thing we hear out of him is a question. The very last thing that we hear out of him is, Father, why have you forsaken me? Another question. All of the questions within the Gospels, it can be mind-blowing if you start studying them and start looking at them. He asked blind Bart, what do you want? He asked the lame man at the pool, do you want to be made whole? Why? Why was it questions? Maybe he's testing their faith. Maybe he's testing your faith today. Maybe. You see, questions do not allow you to stay on the surface. I want you to get this. Questions, when they ask to you, do not stay on the surface. They go deep. Questions will take you deeper. The answers, they bring finality in your life. Sometimes we have questions that we don't really want the answers to because it brings finality to the situation. Do you want to be healed? Yes. Then you've got to do this. I mean, you look at the story of, of, of Naaman who had leprosy and Jesus tells him to go. No, it wasn't Jesus. is the prophet. One of the prophets said, go, to the, go to, the, to the river and dunk yourself seven times. Being frustrated, I mean, why in the world would I do that? I am a general in the army, and you're asking me to do this? Seven times. You asked, I'm giving you an answer. It brings finality. It wasn't until the seventh time till the leprosy was gone. When Jesus is asking a question, he is engaging you into a conversation. Sometimes the conversations that we have are not what we desire. You want to be healed? Are you praying enough? Are you reading my Bible? Are you finding scripture that talks on healing? You want to be blessed? You want to, you want to, you want to be financially secure? Are you giving to your tithes? Giving your tithes. All these things that, that we have questions and we ask, and he turns in a question as well. Sometimes the questions are intended, are intended to challenge you from the, the complacency and the comfort of your space where you are and drive you to the place where he needs you to be. 
You think about Acts chapter 3. Peter and James are walking down the, down the road and, and they pass a beggar. He's begging for money and they say, what do they say? It's the story we all know. Silver and gold have I not, but what I have I'll give to you. What he's saying is you don't need change. You need change. You need change in your life. You don't need what the world can offer, what Google will say, WebMD will say about my feelings, my, my hurts and my pains. We don't need those things. We need this in a relationship, in a conversation with Christ. That's what we need. Silver and gold, we don't have. We don't need change. We need change. We need change. Testimonies of radical change. Jesus is walking by this moment. He's walking by you this very moment. Would you stand with me all over this place? Let me ask you a question. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a broad question. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a relationship with the Master. Say, Pastor, I, I've, I'm not where I need to be. I need freedom from my sins. I need to be forgiven from my sins. Maybe you're here this morning you need a miracle in your life. You need healing, whether physical, whether mental, whether spiritual, whether emotional, whatever it may be. We need change. I need a touch. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's somebody else in your family that's not here today. Or maybe they're here today. As I begin to pray this morning, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray this morning. We're going to take communion. But as I begin to pray this morning, if any of those fit you, I want you to step out from where you're at, whether in the balcony, on the floor. If you're watching online, send the message in the, te in, the, in the comments. But if God's dealing with you, I want you to come. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. There's power in prayer, and we're going to pray for change. For change. It's not, it's not what the world's going to say. I could care less what the world says. When I stand before him, all I want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. That's my longing to hear. But if you're here this morning, you're tired of fighting. Are you ready to throw off your cloak and spring to the feet? Are you ready to say, I want healing. I want salvation. I want Jesus. So when I begin to pray, I want you to come. Don't wait. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, as those begin to step out from where they're at right here, right now, this morning, you are beginning to move upon them. You are speaking directly to them today. Lord, we give it all 
unto you this morning. We give it all to you today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Church, there are many that are up here this morning. If you are a prayer warrior, would you come? Would you help me pray this morning? Would you help me pray? Don't, I, I, I'm not, I don't care. Just, I, we need some help this morning. Praying over these as they begin to sing. We're going to take communion. Don't leave. Don't leave. Tree.